Welcome, everybody, into the damn podcast with your new host, Marcus Greaves. Join with me as always, actually, I guess for the first time, is Angie Machado. I always butcher her last name, so uh, she's going to have to cut me some slack. Angie, how are you today? I'm good. How are you, Marcus? I'm wonderful as always. Oregon State starts or started their uh, fall camp practices, and uh, obviously we both have been down there. Um, you know, what do you... What are you thinking so far? How do they look to you and kind of just, you know, give everyone, I shouldn't say some insight, but just uh, your opinion on how they're looking. You know, I'm, I'm actually down here right now. Practice just started, um, but I, I kind of ran to my car just so you guys don't have to hear all the bump and rap music in the background. But, um, <laughs> but you know what? It, it, the mood around here is so different. And the vibe, I just watched. I stood there at the gate when they were all coming in. They're hyped up. They're ready to go. Um they look like they're having fun, and that's something you know that you know we heard before spring camp this year that the team was really kind of broken and not having fun with football. So for Jonathan Smith to be changing the culture already, um, it, it's fun to see. But you know, the first few days yesterday was a closed practice day to the media, but um, it's been slower. It's been a slower pace as they you know install stuff, but um, very fundamental heavy. So I, I know you were here with me on uh, Friday, Marcus. We saw lots of fundamental work and uh, individual group work. So I just think yeah, it's so yeah. much different. There's just so much more fundamentals, which obviously is going to be great because they already look better than you know the past couple of seasons that I've been there. So I'm excited to see what they have to do. No, me too. And and just it's getting back to that feeling of Oregon State football. And I mean, I've covered this team since 2006, but I was around this team or you know around Oregon State athletics from 2000 on and to to see it back to Oregon State family it's a family feel um the coaches are talking to the guys ask I you know you walk, hear a coach as they're walking on the field you know how how's your mom and dad doing so and so and you see parents on the sidelines and um just has that feel again that Oregon State has lacked for a few years yeah and you know it was so it was just the fact that with you know the previous staff it felt like everything had to be so secretive you know, like there's people who really wanted to like somehow get in and kind of sabotage it. But at the end of the day, you know, you're just playing football. Schemes are schemes, but I think that's the biggest thing. If you find the right guys who just want to run through a wall for their coach, then they're going to do anything for them. But if you're kicking their parents out of practice and stuff like that, they fly from all over the country just to watch their kids practice and play in the game. But half the time you can't even see them at practice. At least for me, you know, that happened to my mom, and so I was super upset about it. Um, that's besides the point. Anyways, the culture's back, which is I think is great, and I think it's awesome. Um, Angie, you know, we can start off with the offense. What have you seen so far from the offense? You know, it's a big mystery, especially at the quarterback position, who's going to start, who you think is going to start. Kind of just give us your overall general thoughts, not only at the quarterback spot, but on the offense. You know, I, I, I don't know if I'm popular opinion or not, but I've said some spring ball, Connor Blount. Uh, looks to me to be the guy uh, that should earn that starting spot. He seems to have the guy's respect. He throws a really, you know, he's been connecting with guys in stride. He has good footwork. He may not might not throw the deep ball as well as Jake Luton, but um, he has a little bit of escapability that Jake Luton doesn't have. So, um, you know, I think sooner rather than later would be better for the team to name a quarterback. Um, and again, I'm not making, you know, a million dollars a year. So um, <laughs> depending on what those coaches are seeing, but you know, from what I'm seeing from spring and what I've seen early on in, in fall, I, I like what he's, what, what I've seen from Connor Blount, uh, you know, one name that popped uh, Saturday, I'm, I'm all messed up on my days with them starting on Friday, but 
Aaron Short, the JUCO transfer, was kind of quiet, you know, the past year. But um, according to our beat writer, Amy Schwartz, she said he had an amazing day um, at camp. So wide receiver Aaron Short is a name to to watch. AP, Art Pierce, obviously is AP. But a couple of those uh, younger guys definitely have to keep an eye on. And I'm excited to see more of Jamar Jefferson, the true freshman at, at uh, running back. Yeah, he's going to be then, good. Yeah, I know you you love this kid. So and, and that I'm not going to talk running back too much because that's your um, your specialty. But um, one thing that Jonathan Smith talked about on media day that he is excited about and feels is a strength of this team is the offensive line. And I know you know I'm one that harps on it. You know, success on both sides of the football starts up front with the offense and defensive line. And for the past several years, they've struggled pretty yeah, badly. Yeah, so, it's been pretty um, bad. So for him to feel that that's a strength, you know. Granted, there's there's lots of veterans on that on the offensive line, but for him to say that he feels that Coach Mahalachek has improved them, and they they feel that Coach Mahalachek has improved their their ability and their skills, um, that's something I, I think Oregon State fans should feel good about. Yeah, I mean the biggest thing too, at least to me in general with the offense, is the fact that I feel like they have an identity now because. You know, I think the problem with the last, I mean, with the offense in the past is just it's been, you know, you have someone like Jake Luton, who is more of a pocket pass quarterback, but you're trying to run, you know, a spread offense where, you know, the quarterback sometimes chooses to run, but obviously Jake Luton isn't the fastest guy and, you know, he's just not a spread type quarterback. So you have just a bunch of things that you're throwing in, you know, the offensive line isn't huge, but they're athletic, but at the same time, you know, they want to do all the old coaching staff wanted to do all these passing routes that were way too long. You know, the protection couldn't hold up, stuff like that. And then you go to the receivers, didn't really have someone who can burn everybody. You know, you have Isaiah Hodgins, who's a great receiver and a great athlete. Kind of the same thing when we had Victor Bolden. You know, he was a great player and a great athlete. By the end of the day, you know, if you only have one to two guys to throw to, obviously a defense is going to catch on. But well, I think and that's, Hodgins isn't like a burner, though. Yeah, right? exactly. You know, Hodgins will run a good route. Um, you know, they have the big body in Jordan Villeman, but, you know, like right now, another name that I'm pretty excited to see is, is Colby Taylor, yeah. you know, talking wide receivers. So there's another one. I think he's faster. Hodgins is a possession guy. You have, you still have Timmy Hernandez, who really is that possession receiver. Yeah, Timmy's a great receiver so, for sure. I just think there's, you know, there's lots of names and I think Aaron Short could be that burner guy that you're yeah, you know talking about. Definitely. And the good, <laughs> I think it's funny with Aaron Short. Cause I remember, you know, I, I was, I don't want to say I wasn't impressed, but you know, I broke down his film, especially when he was at Juco and I was like, this this guy's the real deal. You know, he just obviously didn't perform last year. Just, you know, might have been the staff, might have been whatever that may be that it's hard for him to break the starting lineup or or just get in some reps in the games. But as soon as Amy texted me that, I was like, man. <laughs> so he proved he definitely proved me wrong, which is big, obviously, you know, and I, I really like when the guys prove me wrong. You know, he definitely proved me wrong, but you know, I think he definitely could have a big impact. He is he is crazy fast and um his game has improved so much from at least the last time I seen him, and uh, you know I was really harping on him for not only his hands, but his route running consistency, and then in general just his competitive edge because I felt like he didn't have it after I watched him that uh, on Friday. I want to say when I went down, it was crazy. He looked like a whole different player, so I'm excited that I can, I can go on forever about this guy now. But I'm just interested to see the quarterback. I think Connor is, you know, in my mind, I think he should be the starter. But at the end of the day, you can't can't count out Jake Luton because he is, you know, he was a starter and he does have a great deep ball. It's just he's not the fastest guy. So maybe the spread option you know, kind of speed quarterback isn't what Jonathan's looking for. It's going to be interesting to see. Really, I just think you know, the they both have their strengths. Yeah, exactly. Just the biggest thing is just finding the guy who's consistent and the guy who 
it, I he mean, command the huddle. Exactly. You know, and we haven't seen that since we had Marcus, I want to say. So um, I'm excited to see. I, it's like you said, I just hope that they figure it out sooner than later because you don't want to drag it on and then, you know, maybe have a divided locker room. Like some guys maybe think this guy should start compared to this guy or whatever it may be. You know, you just don't you don't want any distractions come first game when you're playing top five team in the country. Exactly. Exactly. Let's talk running backs real quick. Because you know, okay, I, you want to talk know. before defense? Yeah. I know you, you guys, just hey, damn podcast listeners, just know it's going to be a lot of running back talk. A lot of running back talk. <laughs> Speaking of running backs, you know, I just think this group is super talented. It's crazy to me because I just remember seeing AP uh, the first day that he came and like it was, it's night and day difference. You know, we did, we would do the conditioning and he barely finished it, but now he's, you know, arguably the best player on the team. And I think he's about to have a breakout year. A lot of people, said that they didn't think AP was that good. But, I mean, truly, if you go back and break down the film, this guy, I think he's phenomenal. You know, he has great speed, he has great vision, and he's a super hard runner, which is, you know, at running back, you know, if you're not the fastest, you're not the strongest, but you run like it's the last time you're going to run the ball, you're going to be a, you're gonna be a good running back. So well, I, I, I can say, tell you, I, I can tell you that Mark or, uh, Marcus, that AP is one of the fastest guys on the team. Yeah, definitely he is. So. Yeah, and that's the thing, you know, it's crazy to always see that because – like I said, when I first seen AP, he wasn't super fast. But now, you know, he, the coaching staff has done a great job of developing all the players into, you know, basic basically freaks. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know, they are. It's crazy to see a lot of their how their well, bodies have changed Calvin, and everything. Calvin and BJ. Yeah, on they, uh, media day. Yeah, they I didn't recognize completely them different. Yeah, I was. Yeah. You know, I was thinking I could still run the rock a little bit, and then they walked by me, and I remembered why I'm retired. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's an honest uh, that's an honest answer right there. But we can switch it over to defense now, Angie. Uh, who are some guys that have st- uh, stood out to you at least on defense? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for T. Wetzel, um, and and really all those linebackers. Um, I'm excited to see. I mean, Key has grown a ton. He's a leader on this team. Uh, Hamilcar Rashad. I'm excited for him um, and what he can bring. Um, you know, the Beavers did. They lo- they lost Cassie uh, Ahoy to medical retirement, and then Bright Aguebu left. But I think um, the net gain could be more positive um, just with some of these guys coming in. Uh, you know, Andre Hughes-Murray, um, lots of talent there, and guys that are excited and hyped up and ready to go. Um, DBs, too. Jeffrey Manning's one, and I know you've been hot on Jeffrey Manning since spring, but that kid is going to be good. He's going to be really good. Yeah, he's so, phenomenal. Um, you know, they have they have so much talent. I think that's young on this defense right now. That you know, maybe not this year. You know, I'm hoping they get it together this year, obviously. But if they don't get it together this year, for sure next year, you're going to see a big change in the defense. And I think you know they're going to be towards the top of the Pac-12, honestly. But um, at least at the linebacker and uh, defensive back positions, I mean, they're I think they're just as good as anybody in the country. The biggest thing, well, though, you know, as we know, is the defensive line. Yeah, yeah, and that's what that's still the biggest question mark for me. Um, just how you know, I mean, Elu Iden, you know, doesn't look like he's in as good a shape as they would have liked him to be in um, heading into practice. Um, seeing so, you know, that D tackle position, I, I think Kalani Vakamelalo will be will be solid. But then you know, defensive ends, just who are those starting? Is Lamone Williams? Is he going to be one of the starters? It's just kind of up in the air right now. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing, like we said last time we had the damn podcast, is that there's the guys just need to buy in because at the end of the day, Coach Smith, I think, has done everything he's needed to do. Um, you know, especially you look at the linebackers, you look at the defensive backs. I think they've truly bought into the scheme and bought into everything they needed to do, whether that be guys losing weight, guys, you know, gaining weight, whatever that is. But at the end of the day, like I was saying, 
You know, if a player if a player buys into the scheme, the coach can just tell him, hey, you know, for example, on offense, hey, we're about to just run a basic inside zone. It'll work every time if the guys buy into it, right? If every single yeah, player yeah. buys into it, it's the same kind of thing on defense. You know, the defensive line, they have the talent. They have the guys. It's just are they, are they disciplined enough and can they be consistent enough to not only get in work at practice but study the film, understand who their opponent is, stuff like that, and just keep it keep it rolling so the young guys understand that because that's, I think, what we haven't had in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I Like I said, I'm really excited, though, about some of those young safeties um, and corners and the linebackers. I just think there's so much athleticism. And like you said, it might be a year or two away. Um, and are there better athletes in the Pac-12? Yes, there are. But I think, like you said, with the scheme, with the coaching they're getting, um, they have the chance, you know, in a, in a few years to be pretty damn special. Yeah, and they – the biggest thing is just – and I know I keep saying the biggest thing, but <laughs> there's just so many, you know. It's just <laughs> I want the def- – you know, I want this defensive line to, you know, just show some growth because I know a lot of the fans are upset. People are going to be upset until they flip that switch because they just – you know, every – it seems like every position is starting to change. You know, every position is getting better. Every position is developing but we still haven't seen that leap that we want to see from the defensive line. We want to see more than maybe a half a sack at the end of the game, you know, when they're losing by 30, more than one to two sacks every one to two games, right? You just want you want to see some dominance every once in a while. You know, maybe you're playing a team that you know you should roll through and you know you should you should beat pretty bad, but you know, you want it you <laughs> want State. you you know, you want to see <laughs> Exactly. You know, like a team like Portland State, you want to see that. You want to see them dominate. Yeah. And I think a lot of the fans want to see that as well. I know I want to see that. So You know, one um, player that I didn't mention that I'm excited to see on the D-line is Jeremy Reichner. I, I think he could be he could be a, a big-time contributor. Um, he's the JUCO transfer from Philadelphia originally and then came from L.A. Valley College. And um, we saw some glimpses of some things pretty good from him this spring. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what this team is going to have to do, Angie. I mean, I really think... They have at least grown not only as, you know, men off the field, but especially on the field because, you know, they looked like they were having fun, but at the same time they look focused. You know, a good example is Key, right? When Key's dancing, a lot of people are going to see Key dancing and see it as he's not paying attention. But when when they ask Key, hey, what are you doing right here? What are you supposed to do here or here or here? He answers it, you know, he answers it correctly and everything right and he's focused yeah. he just is having fun with it which is what you got what you want from the guys you want the guys to play well, loose and, and, then, and everything you know, i'm excited like we talked about jeffrey manning um you know i remember this spring you talked about what a high football iq he had and and i had the chance to sit down with coach burns on wednesday and, and one of the things coach burns said about jeffrey was the fact that they really wanted to push him this spring so they were like just fire hydrant throwing things at him, making him play nickel, making him play safety. And, you know, Coach Burns said, I'm excited to see him now scale back to just safety and focus on that because we were throwing so much at him and he handled it. And so now to, it should make it easy for him, right? It should make it just second nature for him to just play safety, learn the, you know, learn the position, learn the scheme. So those young guys like that, someone with a high IQ could be really fun to watch and I think that's what they've they've really taught the players is just have a high IQ you know and when I got to sit down with is it coach Petrie right I don't want to say it wrong the running back yes, coach yeah, coach yeah. Petrie. Yep. I sat down with coach Petrie and we just talked some running back schemes and you, you know going wait, back you to talked, back. you talked to the running back coach uh, I know right <laughs> but you know we were just talking about his philosophy at running back and it's not you know 
when a guy's coming to you, what move should you make? Or when a guy's run, when you're running at this angle and this guy's this yards away, like what should you do? You know, he just, you know, he just broke it down to me. Like a group that's going to stick our foot in the ground, get vertical. You know, we're going to get the yards that we can get. When it comes to time to give a move, we're going to give a move. I'm just going to let the guys kind of play how they want to play, right? You send them in the right direction. You give them everything you need, all the tools, and then you just let them do what they do. Because if you focus, yeah. if you boggle everyone's mind too much when you're running the ball, it just makes it that much harder. And I think that's what the yeah. last staff was doing. So, and they just—I mean, the whole—that's just it. The whole team just needs to play without thinking. They have to have it be second nature. Mm-hmm. And it, and you know, it just looks like it's more of we're playing. If we're going to make a mistake, we're going to make it at full speed rather than play at half speed and not sh- just not want to mess yeah. up. Yes, exactly. So. I mean, I'm, it's going to be good, Angie. I'm excited for it. I think I'm going to go down to practice tomorrow and check it out as well. Um, I'm hoping more guys prove me wrong. I really want to see, now that Xavier Crawford left, who's going to step up at corner. I know you know, I held Isaiah Dunn to a high standard because he was a starter this last season. I know it looked like we had a little beef on Twitter. I know some people seen that. But, you know, at the end of the day, I just want guys like that to, you know, I'm going to hold him to a high standard because, uh, he, he, especially him, he's a talented player. And I think he can, yeah. you know, be an all-Pac-12 kind of guy. But come springtime, that's when, you know, you build, you work on your craft, you make it even better, and you try to perfect it. So come fall, you know, fall time, fall camp, come the first game, he's already in the zone. He knows exactly what he needs to do, and he, and I'm hoping that he kills it. But so that's kind of why I've been holding players like him, play, uh, players like Aaron Short to a high standard and all like that just because I want to see him succeed and I know they can you know be playmakers on the field yeah yeah and yeah you 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 have some you made some enemies this year I think a little bit (laughs) well I just you know I just think somebody needed to tell him though because you know you don't want to get him too high at the same time you don't want to look like the hater good insight good insight Marcus yes Angie is it time for some questions do we have I think it is all right do have some damn questions damn questions so this is something that that brandon and i did and i i, I want to take a two seconds here just to say thank you to brandon sprague because he was you know him and i were the were the masterminds of this damn podcast and he's worked his ass off with this um but he's just kind of gotten big time marcus i mean he's I know. his career's launching taken off and he's just had like no time and we didn't we weren't ready to give up the damn podcast so i feel super good having you taking over the reins and uh, it's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm excited for it. You know, Sprague has gotten kind of big time, especially here at the station. His desk is right by mine. On occasion, I'll walk by, say, hey, Sprague, and, you know, maybe we could talk a little football, maybe we could talk whatever. And the other day, I'm pretty sure he asked me who I was. So, um, yeah, he's definitely gotten big time. Uh, he, he told security to come get me, and then I had to show him, like, my work ID and all that. But anyway, I'm just kidding. That didn't happen. But... <laughs> But, yes, I'm excited for this. I'm hoping you guys are excited as well. It's, it's going to be fun. Um, yeah, we post the questions on, on Beaver Blitz in the Lodge. We post um, Ask for Questions on uh, Twitter. So I have some from Beaver Blitz. I think you grabbed some from Twitter. I did. Um, do you want to start or you want me to start? Uh, How about I start? Yeah, I'll, you start. <laughs> so Beaver Believer 4 says, ask, and I'm not going to, I'm on my phone. I'm on my cell since I'm sitting right outside practice right now. Um, so I don't have my computer up. But. I kind of scribbled some notes. He wants to know which freshman you see making a significant contribution this fall and which freshman may we might see a little bit just because of that new redshirt rule. Ah, uh, man. I'm going to definitely say uh, Jefferson at, at running back. I mean, he okay. – it's unbelievable, you guys. And, you know, you guys really need to watch his game. You know, he runs a lot like Steven Jackson, not in a way of he's going to run over, you know, a 300-pound lineman, but in a way that he's just – 
an aggressive and fierce runner. You know, if it comes down to him and one other guy to get five yards, you know, I'm I'm placing my bet on him. Ten out of ten. He's just he has a low uh, center of gravity, especially when he runs. He he runs low. He has good hips. He has great moves, and he has a deadly stiff arm, from what I've seen. Um, you know, I haven't seen him in full pads yet. You know, everything can change when you have pads on. But I think the biggest thing is it's just he's an aggressive runner and. You know, especially at running back, all the spots are open. You know, obviously AP is going to be the the main guy, I want to say. But after that, it's all open. So whoever wants to take it is going to take it. And I think Jefferson's about to take it. And and Coach Petrie, I I sat down with him as well um, on Wednesday. And and we talked about just, are you going to have a featured back or are you going to to run different guys? And, you know, he said it's going to, you know, the days of a featured back where you run one guy. Um, are really over. This game has just gotten so physical, and it takes such a pounding on your body. Um, you know, yeah, like guy like AP could be your starter, but it's going to depend on scheme and who you're who you're facing and and what kind of plan they have in place. So, um, you know, a guy like Jefferson could definitely be in there. I think I think Dunn or uh, I'm sorry, not Dunn. Deshaun Wilson is one to watch. Absolutely. At corner, I, I think that would be uh, and and Isaiah Smalls as well. You know, one guy, too, I, I we haven't mentioned him at all, but linebacker John McCartan, true freshman, that's one I definitely think we see get some playing time early, just to kind of see where he's at. He definitely has the body. He's 6'5", linebacker, um, definitely one that I'm kind of keeping an eye on early. Is there oh, – I want to say, you know, uh, Isaiah Hodgins' brother. What's his first name? Isaac. Isaac, Isaac. Hodgins. You know, the, I saw Isaac, and, you know, at first I was thinking how undersized he was, but after watching him, you know – he was kind of like, I want to say he was kind of like Kyle Pecco because when Kyle Pecco first got to Oregon State, he wasn't the biggest guy, but I think what, it was just he had some, like a nastiness to him. And I yeah, think that's yeah. what, and I think that's what Hodgins has is just a nastiness and the, the you know, the ability to learn and take constructive criticism because he was getting yelled at a couple times of practice and, you know, a lot of guys will just put their head down and be super upset, but he just he just tightened his helmet up and he, you know, went back to work and then he improved. At the end of the practice, he definitely improved. And I think that's a yep. huge thing. Three. And I really like to see that. And that's a huge step for defensive line on this team. So I, yes. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets, uh, you know, a tremendous amount of playing time this year. Awesome. Okay. Do you have any questions? What are your – give yes. me a question. Let me – there was one that I was. I know Twitter. Twitter was good. There I know was there good was. Good. I was trying to look at. Uh, <laughs> I like this one. It's from Brandon Sandville. Do you think Jake Luton looks healthy and good at QB? Is he comfortable being back? I have to say yes. He does look good. Um, you know, the biggest thing is when you get back from injury is just being comfortable and not being scared to come back to the game. He looks extremely comfortable. Obviously, as a quarterback, you're not going to get hit as much in practice. But that being said, he does look comfortable. You know, he doesn't look stiff in his back any or anything. You know, he still has a great arm, as we know. Um, the competition, and I think that's why the competition is, is looking so good right now, just because Jake is back to healthy. Connor's playing at a, at a high level that, you know, not many people have seen. And I just think there's so many pieces that are going into this that, you know, whoever does come out on top, it's, it's going to be the right choice. And, you know, we just don't want to see it be obviously biased like it was in previous years. For those who know what I'm talking about, we're not going to get into it, but we don't want to see that. And so Jake being back and being healthy, he's looking good. But at the end of the day, you know, it's going to be who's can, who can be the more consistent guy and who can lead this offense. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I have one here um, from Quasimodo14. And he wants, you know, he says he feels really good about the offensive hires that Coach Smith made, but he doesn't know a lot about the defensive hires. Wanted some thoughts on there. 
The defensive hires. Well, first of all, with Coach Bray being back on defense, you know, regardless if if you are a, you know a fan who liked Riley's old staff or not, Coach Bray is you know probably the real deal. Yeah, he's the real deal. One of the, probably the best linebacker coaches in the country, without a doubt. I would you know throw all my chips in that he is going to be that this you're going to see a whole different linebacking group, and it's just because he understands the game so well. You know, I got a chance to sit down with him. And, you know, not only talk about my experiences playing when I first got there and he was there, but just the way he broke it down, you know, especially to his guys like Michael Doctor, um, like DJ Alexander, because when I came in, you know, I was more of a speedy back. I like to give guys a lot of moves, but um, he just broke down the fact that he just broke down my game and understood, you know, what my moves were in such a short amount of time. You know, in a matter of two days, he could break down, you know, how I run, who I run like. What's it like? You know, what are the best angles to go and all that? It's just crazy. Like this guy is a is a mastermind when it comes to defense, and you know he has a he has an athletic group of guys, which he was saying that you know he he these guys are just as good as anyone he's had before. So that's I mean that's huge because obviously Oregon State's had some great linebackers, Nebraska's had some great linebackers, and so I definitely think it's the right hire at linebacker. And as you think, um, I know you think so as well, Angie, but. Um, you know, I haven't really got to look at a lot of the other defensive coaches. You know, I've been I was trying to, you know, kind of see what they have to offer, but maybe maybe you know more than I do, Angie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just I I think Tibisar was like a slam dunk. When you look at him and how cerebral he is and I mean the guy had a four point, played college football at North Dakota, four point, he's coached with some amazing you know, he's coached um with Snyder at, at uh, K State. He's he's coached with the Chicago Bears. Um, spent time, you know, with Paul Chris. So he's been around some, some good programs and you talk to him and he's so cerebral. And I, I just see the staff being the kind of staff that can put together, you know, they might not be the most talented team on the field, but they're going to be able to get the most out of their players and scheme wise scheme to put the, those players in the best position to be successful. So um, I love that. I love the um, energy that coach Burns brings. He is going to be a great recruiter for Oregon State. You know, coached under Pete Carroll at USC, um, has great ties in that LA area. He played uh, defensive back at Washington State under Mike Price. So he has, you know, he has a lineage. He has a, a you know, a knowledge of the Pac-12. And then uh, Coach Leggy Sui Aonoa, I think is how you say that. Again, just a a good. Um, tactician and knows what he's looking for out of his D-line, but excited about what those guys, and, and just like the offensive minds, when you, when you can have a Coach Mahalachek and you have Coach Smith and Coach Lindgren, uh, Coach Hinson, um, that can kind of, and Petrie, who can come together and kind of create, put their players in the best position to be successful. I, I just like that, um, the cerebralness of this of this group. Yeah, I do too. And, and you know, the last note on that is just, I think the biggest thing is the fact that they have so much they these guys have talent right the roster has plenty of talent but these guys are just so focused on getting back to the basics and fundamentals which I think this team was lacking and that's you know because there's times in the game where you'll see it Oregon State you know just like we when they were playing Stanford last season you know granted they didn't have Bryce Love but Stanford's still a good team and Oregon State could have won that game uh, all they had to do was, you know, wrap up the football, obviously, you know, that last. <laughs> Should have won that game. Yeah, exactly. And it's just stuff like that. And I think that's going to put them over the top is those fundamentals because, you know, maybe maybe Nall didn't think about it at the time, but, you know, he's just trying to get the extra yard, just trying to take his, you know, time to get to the ground, to run out the clock even more. 
But in a situation like that, obviously, as we know, you put two hands on the football, you know, you go down fast, and then you take your time to get back up, run as much clock down as you can. But that's just getting back to fundamentals. So I just think with this staff that they have that they're going to understand things like that and they'll be smarter football players. So the question Absolutely. I have okay. is from Greg Harden. He says, it seems a number of players lost weight during the summer workout program. The new coaching staff has put an emphasis on speed. Do players look faster and in better shape? I say yes, yes. because the biggest thing is, you know, with the last staff, they wanted you to be bigger and stronger than everybody not faster. And in the Pac-12, you have to be fast. You know, you're going to get outran yeah. by teams like it Oregon, teams Ten. like UC. It yeah, exactly. It, you know, it's not the Big Ten, as you know. So it's it's just you have to stay – you want to stay athletic and you want to stay fast. Well, and, and the thing that they did in the offseason, which is, is really intriguing to me, is they wore these vests that had some biofeedback uh, information that the, the strength and conditioning staff could pull. And it would tell them things like, you know, their base metabolic rate, uh, their top-end speed – all kinds of things, but it, what it, t- it told them what weight the players were getting, they were the most efficient. So someone like Colby Taylor, they had him, you know, gain some weight, and then they actually saw that he was better performing a couple pounds lighter. So just two pounds or three pounds, but then they had him lose a couple pounds just so he is at max or at his max capability for effective efficiency, I guess is the best word. And um, I'm hoping to sit down with Coach McDonald just to kind of find out more about this, but this has been, it's, it's, they're turning some science into this. It's not just, okay, we want you to be super, super strong, and we want you to, to deadlift, you know, 500 pounds and be able to, you know, push people around. They're, they're also looking for, uh, now, Coach Smith mentioned, they're, they're actually using some of this biofeedback in, um, to, to, for their hamstrings, that some kind of a, a device on their hamstrings that is telling them, you know, the load and, and such so that the guys can stay healthier because Oregon State has had some ham, hamstring issues, and, and they need to figure out, what they're doing to try to prevent that yeah it's just taking the game to the next level and 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 really you know any way to get the guys better that they're they're finding it and i think that is you know that's obviously a great thing that the coaches are doing um angie do you have another question or is it me i do i do i have a really good uh, an interesting one here hopeful beaver uh, asks, and it's a big long question but he says that he feels like every year it's the same thing that the media sells a, a bill of goods that isn't necessarily true that things are hyped and things are going to be better and and he wants our honest opinion based on you know where this team is i mean is there talent is you know what you know what is he what 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 are you seeing from this team so you're not hyping a a bill of goods okay so no hype (laughs) no hype he just wants to know for for you know for real like yeah you know know, it was hard i i will flat out say you know when you're getting when you can't watch any practice and you're basically getting information um, you know, from the sources you have, um, you go with what you can. And I can say that, you know, like last year, the team should have been a lot better, A, and B, that that team basically fell apart the day Gary Anderson named Jake Luton as quarterback. Yeah. You, so... you could just, you could see that locker room just, or, you know, the players the, just kind of, kind of melt. So, you know, to be fair, that team should have been a lot better. But, um, you know, yeah, do we buy into, you know, things are going to be better? Yes. And I think part of that is due just to the culture change that's going on. Um, you know, Marcus has said several times that there's a ton of talent on the team. I, I do think there's talent. I don't think that Oregon State's talent is as deep or as strong as some other schools in the Pac-12. But that's where I think scheme and culture. So I think when you look at things on the field this year, things are going to look so much better just because, A, the team is playing 
as a team and the coaches are putting them in the right position with the right scheme to be successful. Yeah. And going back to scheme and, and everything like that, it's scheme definitely plays a big part, but I think the biggest part in a situation like this is, you know, with the no hype is just, you have to realize, you know, if, if the players are bought into no matter what it is, and I said it earlier in this podcast, no matter what it is, what it is, if it's a basic inside zone and all the players are bought in on 11 players, the inside zone is going to work. So it's just, yeah. you know, and I definitely get the hype from the media because, you know, I'm a Raiders fan. So the Raiders have plenty of talent and they're never good. So I'm kind of <laughs> over that. But <laughs> but it's just when you look at it, you know, there's hype because there's so much potential. And, yeah. you know, the coaches can only do so much. The coaches can only put you in such a right position. The coaches can only do this. And it's not all on the coaches because at the end of the day, they're just the guys, you know, telling you what to do. But the players are going to have to make the change on their own. Like I said, that's why stuff like the defensive line, that's why I haven't been hyping them up because I'm not going to until they show me that there's something that's different, right. something that's changed about them. And that's the biggest yeah. thing is just you have to have these changes and it's, it's a culture change, obviously with, you know, coach Smith being there, but until every single player on that roster buys in, you know, there's not going to be, they're not going to be, as good as we want them to be at, you know, at best I see him going this season. Realistically, I think they can win four game, four or five games. I think they pull out a couple um, close ones, but, and people might think I'm hyping it up right there, but you know, you just have to understand when the fun is back in the game, it's a whole different game. Just like when, when we beat the ducks, you know, that game was fun, even though it was close, it was fun. And you, we were having fun because, we couldn't run all these plays that the coaches want us to do. We couldn't do all this. We we're just running basic, you know, inside zone, outside zone. You know, we're doing little short passes, but they're plays that we all bought into every single down, and we knew that we were going that we knew how to run them right. And so it's just it's just buying in and having fun is a big thing for the hype with me. And since they've bought in, since they're having fun, that's why I say that I've kind of bought into the hype. But obviously, we won't know until the season starts. There you go. Perfect. Wow. See, that, awesome. was, that was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but um, uh, I have one more question. Okay, one more. What do you see as the strongest and weakest position groups for the Beavers this year? I will say strongest offensively, either the running backs. Oh, actually, that's a hard one. I think the I think the offensive group is is pretty good. Um, I don't know. I would say weakest is probably the quarterback because we don't know who it is. Um, yeah. But besides, that, I'd say the strongest, you know, the offensive line is there. They have veterans on it. It's there's experience on it at running back. You have talent like AP Jefferson. You have Calvin Tyler. You have BJ Baylor, Christian Wallace, not to mention once he finally gets everything scored away at running back and he feels even more comfortable. He's going to be a great third down back. He can catch out of the backfield. He's big athletic. You know, I think he's going to do a lot. And then at wide receiver, obviously, you have Hodgins, you have Bradford, you have Hernandez, you have Short, you have Flemings, which we haven't talked about. Angie, you know I'm big on Flemings. I think he's a great player as well. So so, so which one of these is your strength? Because the question was a strength and a weakness. Yeah, and I'm trying to – Which one's your strength? I would say, I would say <laughs> strength. I'm going to go with receiver because they're a talented See, group. I'm saying that's a weakness. I'm going to say weakness because we saw – nothing out of the receiver group last year yeah definitely and you know granted when you can't have a can i mean and that's the thing if there's not a good if there's not a consistent good quarterback then you're not going to have a consistent good receiving group 
but you can well, have and, a consistent and it goes good right back to the, It goes right back to the O-line, and that wasn't consistent as well. So, um, yeah, so you're saying receiver, and what's your weakness? Uh, quarterback. I would say quarterback. Okay, and I, so I'll say my weakness is receiver, and my strength is going to be running back okay. for offense. Defense, weakness, definitely the definitely D-line. defensive line. Definitely. And my strength is going to be the linebackers. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. They have a lot of talent okay. at the linebackers. Uh, do that's, you have any more questions, right Andrew? Are you good? No, I, I think we're good. Okay. Well, this is my I, first time I doing this. I love all the questions, though, you guys. The questions were awesome. There were tons of them. Um, but being the first one of the season um, with Marcus, we just wanted to, you know, get you guys back in the in the groove of the podcast. We'll be weekly. Um, but gosh, practices. I hear the whistle blowing, Marcus. I, I got to get over there. All right, Angie. Hey, you do that. Don't <laughs> don't you even worry. Um, I'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> um, everybody, I I will say, please keep asking these great questions because you know it. Obviously, it's stuff that you guys want to know, and me and Angie are going to answer them any way we can. Um, Sometimes maybe you want to take my answers with a grain of salt, but that's all right. I'll understand. I won't take it too. Hey, but, uh, I'll, too but I'll keep it real. Oh yeah, Shadow keeps it real. Yeah, she keeps it real. Time. I'm here to hype everybody up. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Angie, thank you again so much, everybody. This is the Damn Podcast with your new, better-looking host, Marcus Greaves. <laughs> Angie, I look forward <laughs> to next week. We'll do this again, guys. Obviously, keep asking questions. And we will get back to it next week on Wednesday.